We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Thursday, October 5th. Happy 26th birthday to the ex Brooklyn Nets and ex Chicago Bulls great Toko Shengalia. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. A lot to get to on this Thursday afternoon. We're going to talk Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz's debut for the 76ers last night. We're going to hit on Milos Teodosic, of course, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, and some position battles as we move into the first week of the preseason. But first, the NBA has tweaked the All-Star format. You and I selected our All-Stars on this very podcast last week. Uh, a much differ- a much more difficult, I should say, task in the Western Conference than in the East. And if you haven't heard, the new format is going to be captain-based. So the leading vote-getter in each conference, the East and the West, will serve as a captain there will still be 10 players voted in as starters, which includes those two captains. So the way that we understand it, James, is that each captain will first have to choose from the eight remaining starters, and then after that, it'll be opened up to the reserves. Basically, the point of this is there's no more conferences. So you know, I don't know that this was directly done to combat the imbalance between the East and the West because in an all-star setting, that really doesn't matter all that much. 
Um, but what well, it does seem to be doing is doubling down on the chaos that has been the past year or two, really, in the NBA. Well, I think, like, so just from a basketball sense, there's two potentially positive outcomes. And, you know, you, you theoretically end up with fairer all-star teams, right? Because, I mean, we, we figured out the yes. West and the East last week, and, you know, the West, the East theoretically can run out a pretty strong starting lineup, but it, it falls off in a hurry. Uh, I don't think we would expect this game to be very competitive. Uh, and then, you know, so, yeah, you, you – theoretically have the same amount of talent on both teams i don't necessarily think it'll end up that way but uh you also have a scenario where you know the players on you know there might be some added juice kind of from these players sort of you know you get a lot of maybe you have a lot of friends on one team because of this process maybe you have guys that are pissed off that they went you know a certain place in this this draft and they're pissed off like maybe you just have players trying a little bit harder in this game than you would have otherwise i don't necessarily know if that will happen but i mean it's it's possible that that's one possible side effect of this yeah well i think part of it too is you know a lot of these guys who have spent most of or their entire career in one conference like curry durant lebron wade you know guys like that um you know even mellow until this year you know, we, we haven't seen LeBron potentially team up with Durant or team up with Curry in this type of setting. Um, so it'll be fun. I, I mean, I, I like it. I think the All-Star game, I wouldn't say it had gotten stale. You know, it's nothing like it's, it hasn't reached, you know, Pro Bowl levels of tragedy or anything like that. Uh, but I, I think in recent years, people have started to gripe a little bit more about the lack of defense. I mean, especially this past year, it got a little bit out of hand. Last year was an all-time low. Yeah, I mean, it was... It, I personally like the All-Star game just because I don't think it should be taken seriously. And it's, 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 there's a lot of highlight type of plays. And to me, that's what it's all about. But I think this, even if it doesn't necessarily improve the caliber of the game, at least it's going to improve, you know, it's going to improve the level of intrigue. There's going to be a lot of talk about it. Um, and I'm sure this is going to turn into, at the minimum, an hour-long, you know, draft special on TNT, you know, a day or two before the game. Yeah, I mean, you you even watched that, stupid award show thing this past year right the thing with drake yeah yeah I, so, watch that thing I mean so drake. so you're gonna i mean you'll be glued to your tv everyone that watched that probably even more people will watch this than watch that i would i would imagine i mean i might even yes. watch it um i think more people will watch this than the real nba draft i i'm gonna be i feel like there's gonna be legit outrage from fans when you know i think for instance i think Giannis is a perfect candidate to go maybe four or five picks later than he should go in this draft right. because you have you well, know it depends i mean who is one who do we think are going to be the captains Le- lebron there. and stuff right lebron and steph uh i mean unless i mean the, the captains are all lebron and zaza 50 yeah right i was gonna say like, <laughs> i think it's gonna be like jeremy lynn and zaza pachulia um well it, as we said on the all-star pod 50 percent from the fans 25 yeah. percent from the media and 25% from the players. So it's going to be, you know, similar to what we've seen in past years. Um, I think, yeah, I think LeBron is the clear favorite for the East and, and one of the warriors, probably Steph in the West. Um, the thing is like when this, when this news first came out, I, I interpreted it and as did others as they were abolishing conferences altogether and that, you know, more players in theory from the West could make it than the East. 
So I was a little bit disappointed because now this means DeMar DeRozan and Kemba Walker and Kyle Lowry probably get in. And in my opinion, far more deserving guys like right. Butler and Damian Lillard and I, I wanted Saul it might not. I wanted it to be a scenario where the captains were basically going to be determining who got to be in the all-star game. Not necessarily like <laughs> I, I didn't want them to necessarily be able to pick any player, but I wanted them to sort of be given a, you know, these are the guys that got enough votes for you to consider them you know like 20 20 candidates yeah. from each conference or something like that and then you can have guys because every i mean there's nothing more fun than like seeing you know someone get left out in a in a process like nothing this more fun. like i mean that, that's that's really ex- exclusion way more compelling to me than nothing more uh, <laughs> american than some good old-fashioned right, exclusion right so uh yeah it's a shame that that can't happen a shame like you said that we can't kind of load up the western conference over the eastern conference so basically what you want is the nba says all right if you reach x number of votes you get to come to la for the big reveal if you want you can you can you you know you can be fishing instead if you want like you're but you're in the pool of players that these two captains get to choose from if you you want us to be an nba draft setting where there's like a green room yes Pick yes. by pick, you know, we get down. Right. And there's there's ten players left and only four right. all star yeah. slots. You yeah, you get to a point where there's like you know four picks left, and the camera keeps panning to these nervous uh, players who are there. And like, because the the great thing about NBA players and like really all athletes at this kind of level is you are going to have like all these players think that they're among like the 10 or 12 best in the world. Like Kyle Lowry thinks he's like easily a top 15 player in the world. Um, You know, Kemba Walker thinks he's easily a top 15 player in the world. Uh, You know, DeMar DeRozan probably thinks he's like a top two or three player in the world. Um, So like, that's, that's what would be so great is, you know, you have these guys showing up, like I'm clearly getting picked, you know, like I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to be picked. And then it's like, Oh, actually you're not, (laughs) you're not going to play in the all-star game this year. But I mean, this is, this is definitely better than what we've done in years past. I just, Mm -hmm. it's not quite cutthroat enough for me, but uh, it'll have (laughs) to do. Um, So, I mean, who do you want? Like, what are, what are the ideal situations here? Like, you know, LeBron, let's say, has the first pick and – or yeah, it doesn't even have to be the first pick. Any pick, and he chooses John Wall over Kyrie or anybody over Kyrie. Like, that, <laughs> people are going to read so far into little things like that. Or, you know, Durant wins the vote in the West, and instead of picking Westbrook, he picks Harden first. You know, something like, like – any little thing is going there, – there are, like – spider webs coming off of any pick um yeah i mean you you have the obvious like feuds that i think are mostly more publicly derived than like i think the public thinks that westbrook and durant dislike each other much more than they actually do i think the public I'm not even sure that LeBron necessarily dislikes Kyrie. Like I'm, no, I'm I don't, like I, I don't like, think I, he does either. like I don't I I could totally see LeBron taking Kyrie with like his first pick or his second pick. Like it, I mean that right. wouldn't surprise me. It would it would honestly surprise me more if he like was purposely passing him over yeah. and taking other players. But like you know, I'm just I'm interested to see who are the players that go a lot higher than we think they would? Like if, if you and I were having the draft just based solely on who's the most talented and who's the best players, who are the guys that go way higher than they should? Who are the guys that go way lower than they should? 
I mean, that's going to be interesting. Um, you know, who's going to be the last pick? Probably Kyle Lowry or Kemba Walker. That's a very good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be very, very interesting. And at, and at the very least, like I said, even if the game isn't any better, like the spectacle of the game, well, I guess, uh, will be... Uh, also, I mean, there's going to be some... I mean, there's a chance that there's a ton of, like, Euro hate. Like, I could see, like, Jokic or... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I just I think it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because I don't think it's going to look like it should necessarily just based on skill. Like I oh, think there's no. there's going to be guys who go way later than they should because they're just not tight with the guy that's drafted. Like I don't I don't know if Nikola Jokic is like has ever said a word to like LeBron James or Steph Curry. I'm going like, to guess LeBron and Jokic probably aren't that tight. Right. I don't so think they are. like I I think LeBron would probably take a number of guys over Jokic who are far less talented probably just because they don't they're not that tight but like maybe I'm wrong maybe he loves the way that Jokic plays you know I mean LeBron is a kind of a basketball dork I mean he he likes I mean well, so you can't just be throwing the d word around like yeah, I mean I'll well bleep, like bleep that out. Kevin Durant definitely is like I mean that these guys a lot of these guys like will watch like any any level of basketball right. like at any time so maybe I'm completely off base on that but I just I think it's going to be sort of fascinating to see who are the favorites among the players and who are the guys that just nobody really wants on their team. Oh, I mean, LeBron is definitely the guy who would use who would use like the All Star game as a way of like long term recruitment. Oh, for sure. Or he would he would like take Jokic number one, and then after the draft would tweet like "Love Jokic," and then it would be viewed as well. Oh, wow, like, like Kevin which, Love's gone; they're trading for which. Jokic. Which of these players is? Uh, going to be looking for new agent representation soon which of these players is currently represented by rich yep. paul uh like that's going to be a huge factor for lebron which the, yeah i mean is this going to be live streamed not uninterrupted yeah know, uh, <laughs> like are any of these players considering switching to under armor maybe steph curry uh bumps them up his board you know there's there's definitely right. a lot of a lot of scenarios that i mean clearly we're exaggerating but this is the kind of stuff that's going to come up like every pick there's going to be it's going to be read into far too much, which, right. is, I mean, which is awesome. That's, look, that's the whole point of this. Like if, say, you know, say Kyrie ends up being the vote, the, the captain in the East, just for this hypothetical sake. Say Kyrie and, I don't know, like John Wall, say that there's like a girl that both of them have, have dated and, you know, maybe there's some bad blood there. Like you could see like that guy being at the bottom of that person's board. You know, like that's that's the type of stuff that's going to come into play. Like, yeah, we all work. Like, I mean, every office you work in, there's guys you like, there's guys you don't like. And sometimes how many girls have you stolen from me? Right. Right. I mean, there's so much bad blood, not necessarily (laughs) with you, but I mean, you know, we're, I'm looking towards the bullpen. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of broken hearts out there, but, um, yeah, I mean like there's, it's just going to be funny to see how the dynamics of this sort of play out. Okay. So let's, let's draft these teams. I will, you know, I guess I'll just be LeBron. You know, fine. I fine. guess I'll, I'll fine, put myself LeBron. in LeBron's right. shoes. You can be Steph. Yes. And we're, yeah. we thought about doing this, like trying to really get inside LeBron's mind and like who would LeBron <laughs> take. I don't know. I That seemed like it would be too hard. So We I'm don't have the full him. clutchless roster of yes. clients in front of us. So, so we're just going to draft these teams as if we were LeBron or as if you are Steph operating with your brain. And you're are you going to be drafting um, with specifically – 
the all-star game in mind. Well, see, that's what I was going to ask you. What What are the priorities here? Is it, I think it's just like who would you most want to play with yeah, yeah, in yeah. an all-star I don't think setting. you're you're, look, you're not looking at You're not trying to win an NBA finals. Yeah, you're not, yeah. you're not yeah. like on your fourth pick and like well, yeah. I don't have a I don't have a small forward. Man, I don't have a lockdown defender on the yeah. wing like No, exactly. You just these are just guys you wanted to play with or right. you think it would be fun to play with. So, with the first pick, I LeBron James will take Kevin Durant. Oh, wow. Pairing, Kevin, pairing up the two towers. KD, Durant. Yeah, I mean that's that's great. Um, what a what a pairing. Uh, I'm gonna take Giannis Antetokounmpo. Bust. <laughs> All right. Um, reach, reach. I'm LeBron. I'm gonna send a message. And I'm gonna take John Wall. Mm. Right there. What what message was that? <laughs> Kyrie's on the board. Oh, Russell's okay. On the board. All right. Harden's yeah. on the board. Kawhi's on the board. Just, just throwing all kinds of shade. Yep. Oh, we should mention we're using our projected um, all stars from the previous pods. So, right. Yep. You're gonna have to go back, listen to those pods, kind of comb through, find out where we actually name those twelve guys, and that's the pool we're picking from. All right. I am gonna take. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Taking Carl wow. Anthony Towns. What a pick. James Harden. Because I'm I'm Steph Curry. I don't need another ball handler. I'll I'll handle the ball. Are you gonna play all forty eight minutes? I might. If, if I get to play with Giannis and Carl Anthony Towns, I I very well might. Uh, but I do take back what I just said. Uh, you took you took James Harden. Yes. So I have Harden, Durant, and LeBron, and John Wall. Yes, you do. I'm going to take. I'll take Kyrie. <gasps> needed needed some flashy. Yeah. Another two best ball handlers in the league on the I same do team. I think if if LeBron himself was doing this, he would take Kevin Love really high as like oh, a yeah. show. Now that like, like just really kind of like buzz. a just pat him on yeah. the back like hey, Love. I'll take Kevin Love. Like, I like actually, that type of thing. Hey, we're we're actually tight, man. Yeah, right. Like we are really good friends now. That, now that Kyrie's not around, you can. E- I'll even fly you out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll take Draymond. Oh, Draymond. So to recap, the top five picks for Team LeBron: LeBron, <laughs> Wall, Durant, Harden, and Draymond. That's that's theoretically your starting five. Although we should note that in theory, you'd have to pick from the the eight remaining starters but who knows who that'll be yes uh i man i think this guy's gonna be healthy and i'm gonna take blake griffin all right and uh i don't think this guy's gonna be healthy but i'm gonna take joel Embiid. oh i mean Embiid might be the first pick if he's healthy and he makes it Man, <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I guess, man, I guess I'll take Russell Westbrook. See, this this is what the NBA wants to happen: is Russ go as twelfth or whatever right. we're at right now, and just he's he's six six man on the on the, the yeah. Steph Curry team. Yep, exactly. Uh, so you took Russ. I will take Chris Paul. 
All right, I guess, you know, it's, there's just not a ton of flash out there anymore. Uh, I feel like there's one really obvious one left. Uh, I'm going to take Kawhi. Yeah, man, that's the one. Um, Anthony Davis. I'm We're only halfway through this, and I'm already on board. This is going to be way better. At See, least, I, at least now, like those those scrubs at the end of the East won't all be on one team. There, there'll be like two scrubs at the end of each team. I wasn't even, I didn't even consider Anthony Davis because he wasn't on my my All Stars. But that's yeah, must be nice. Override. <laughs> all right, I will take. You know, this this might not be a very conventional pick, but, but. you know, I mean, we we all want a shooter that we can pass the ball to in the corner when, when we draw the defense in. Sure. I'm going to take Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Because Clay Thompson, not available because he, he is not sure. projected by us to make the all-star sure. team. Um, you know, I think it's time to take Kevin Love. I'm taking Kevin Love. I think he's going to be Kai good. Love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul George, come on down. So Westbrook and George stay together. Yep. Is, is Mello available? He's not available, right? <laughs> can't can't split up the dream team. All right, so by my count, there are six players left. Hayward, Lowry, DeRozan, Kemba, Porzingis, and Jokic. Yes. God, that's uninspiring. Uh, Porzingis. Jokic. Uh, Someone's got to uh, throw behind the Gordon back passes Hayward. from half court. <laughs> <laughs> I got Hayward. You took Porzingis already, right? Yes. Man, this is getting real down there. Lowry, DeRozan, and Kemba. <laughs> Couldn't think of about I'll take guys in the West. I'd rather I'll, I'll take. I'll take DeRozan. Ugh, reluctantly, and he, I'll take Kemba Walker. He can finish, uh, and that's it, right? That's uh, it. Wait, you have you get Lowry. I have, I have Lowry. <laughs> All right. So in our mock draft, Kyle Lowry, <laughs> Mister Relevant, goes last. This sounds about right. So. So my team ends up LeBron, Wall, Durant, Kemba, Porzingis, Hayward, Love, Harden, Draymond, Chris Paul, and Anthony Davis. And I'm pretty satisfied with that if I'm LeBron. My starting backcourt, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving. Trash. Giannis. Garbage. Carl Anthony Towns, Blake Griffin. Then coming off the bench, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. I'll let them be the first two reserves, and then Kawhi Leonard also can come off the bench. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Demar Derozan, Brad Beal, Kyle Lowry. Gross. I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing that. Uh, Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry come into the game. They're on my team. You don't get to I'm, coach the game. I'm not too. guaranteeing that they'll they'll get to see time. But. I don't think that's ever happened. A player, <laughs> a player is just like given a DNP CD in the All Star game. <laughs> I know. We, well, last year though, Cousins played like three minutes and then was pulled because of right. the trade stuff. But that, I mean, that's different. We just didn't need you tonight, Kyle. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's pause for just a second so I can tell the listeners about SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long, whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, 
or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals, and to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget, and it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, and best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA, that's promo code ROTONBA, R-O-T-O-N-B-A, that'll get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. Ben Simmons looked pretty good last night in his first real action as a Philadelphia 76er. I mean, NBA preseason is like any preseason where you don't want to take too much away but in this situation where we really we haven't seen him play like any sort of real basketball in so long, um, that I think it was pretty encouraging. I mean, you can take the game result, whatever the the Sixers Sixers lost as a video auto, auto plays by 21 points at home to the Grizzlies. But in 22 minutes, Ben Simmons had six points, nine assists, seven rebounds, a block, and only one turnover. Right. I mean, that's kind of what we've sort of been predicting would be a, a sort exactly. of a normal game for him. I think, you know, I think I've said it. Um, I might've said it in one of the write-ups you did for a mock draft. We recently did like, I, I think right away in his rookie season, I think his numbers are going to look a lot like Draymond green's numbers, just minus the steals and the blocks. Are uh, you talking current Draymond? Yeah. Yeah. Like just, you know, flirts with the triple double fairly regularly. Uh, over five assists, over five rebounds, over 10 points, uh, probably over six assists and over six rebounds. You know, it's hard. You don't want to get super aggressive on a rookie, but uh, he basically is their point guard. He's their, you know, whenever Joel Embiid's not on the court, he's their best rebounder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guy that's going to be pushing it in transition for this team uh, a lot of the time. And, you know, I don't know what he's going to shoot from the field, but. I mean, he he's really. I, I think that they should be kind of trying to model his scoring development, uh, this sort of the same way the Bucks um, did it with with Giannis, where we don't really even need you to ever shoot your rookie right. year. <laughs> Just like dunks, putbacks, floaters, like that's fine. Like you, there's really no reason for you to ever really shoot the ball. Yeah, well, I mean, Giannis in, in an interview recently actually was talking about that. He said basically he he could shoot his rookie year. Just I mean, the Bucks were absolutely terrible that year. Mm-hmm. That was the year they ended up getting Jabari in the draft at number two. But the year after that, Jason Kidd was just like, "You're not shooting threes. Like unless it's the end of the shot clock, unless your wide open game situation calls for it, whatever. I'm taking you out if you shoot threes." And I don't think it's going to be that severe of a mandate for Simmons. I mean, he, he took three threes in this game, which I mm-hmm. I view as somewhat of a positive sign. He missed all three of them, but just the fact that he's comfortable taking them and they look good coming out of his hand, like to me that that's worth something at least because Giannis, I felt like especially in his third NBA season, so two years ago, he he was thinking way too much. He was pump faking nobody when he would catch it open on the perimeter, and I, I almost felt that like kid telling him not to shoot kind of got into his head. <laughs> So I think there's a fine line where you want w- you want to have confidence in the guy, but you also don't want him to be shooting too much. I I absolutely wouldn't give him a mandate and say like you can't shoot. I would tell him like 
hey man, if you want to, you know, maybe make the All Star team, maybe win Rookie of the Year, it's in your best interest to not shoot. Like your your numbers are going to look so much better. Your efficiency is going to be lauded instead of, you know, instead of people saying, you know, he just can't really shoot. Like the defense is always sagging off of him. Like just don't make that a storyline. Just don't just pass up. Right. People, the defense is going to leave you open and you're open for a reason. Just pass it up. You know, we'll, we'll find a better shot and like, you'll be a big part of finding that better exactly. shot and you'll probably get an assist out of it more times than not. So like, I wouldn't say you're not allowed to shoot. I would just tell him like, we're not like, we're not looking for you to shoot. We think that we can score the ball more efficiently if you pass up a lot of shots and then, you know, you're going to continue to get better as a shooter. Eventually you're, that's going to be a big part of your game, but it's just not right now. Right. And I think when Giannis, to, to keep that comparison going, like when he was really struggling with a shot and to some degree he still is, the Bucks needed him to shoot because they had no other shooters on those teams and, and the roster has changed since then. But the Sixers, you know, assuming everyone's healthy, you have Embiid, you have JJ Redick, you have Covington, you have Fultz, Sarge, all these guys can shoot three. So it's not like Simmons not being a three-point threat is going to kill that offense by any means because you're still going to have most of the time four or at least three other shooters out there with him. So I don't worry about that too much. Um, but he was two of eight from the field. Both of his of his field goals came in kind of transition-y type of situations where he, he kind of – it almost looked like he got caught in the air and, and ended up having to resort to a floater, but he hit two floaters for his two made field goals. Um, but, yeah, other than that, he was 0 for 6. Not ideal, but I think the passing is what really stands out. Like the way that that immediately translated, you know, there was he threw like a, a half court from beyond or an alley-oop from beyond half court to Rashawn Holmes. Just the type of passes that a lot of rookies don't even attempt, let alone execute perfectly. On the other end of this was Markel Fultz, who I was greatly overshadowed by Simmons in this game. He Fultz played 23 minutes, only four points, two of 13 shooting um i i don't know if you've seen the videos of the sixers like tinkering with his shot he's shooting like a push shot on free throws <laughs> now like i don't i don't know it, it's not like he's we're not really to write him off by any means after one preseason game but it was it was odd he just he just didn't look like the markel fultz that we saw especially early in summer league when he played really well uh and certainly not in pre-draft yeah i think i think it's gonna be a really up and down year for fultz uh you know, I was I was thinking, you know, I was sort of mapping out um, what I'm going to try to do in our upcoming uh, Rotowire staff keeper league auction, and he's just not appealing to me. Uh, especially like if you, you know, if you're playing fantasy and you're trying to win this year, like I just don't, I don't even know if he's going to be a net positive. Really, I mean. Uh, especially considering like if you're looking at the point guards from this draft class, like Smith ball, I even think De'Aaron Fox is probably going to end up with uh, better numbers. I think, I think De'Aaron Fox is going to have a better end of season case for rookie of the year than Markel Fultz will just because uh, the situation he's in, like Markel Fultz is basically going to be learning to play a lot off the ball and, it's just not going to work that well, I think, in year one, whereas De'Aaron Fox is going to have the ball in his hand a lot. He's going to make uh, an impact defensively. Um, it's just it's not a great situation for Fultz this year. I mean, he's still a, a great prospect. I think that anyone who thinks now that he was 
by far the best player in that class, which is was a lot of the rhetoric you would hear, uh, you know, even a, a couple weeks before the draft. I just I don't really think that's the case anymore. I don't even know, you know, if you were to redo that draft now, how many teams do you think would take Markel Fultz over uh, both Dennis Smith and Lonzo Ball? Like I, I think I, I don't think it would be that different yet. If we get to January and Fultz is struggling, then maybe. I mean, it's not like I mean Ball was good in summer league, obviously, but it's not like he's been lighting the world on fire I've, in his first two preseason games. I I just think. Uh, to me, at least in my mind right now, Markel Fultz and Dennis Smith are extremely similar yeah. long-term prospects, whereas before the draft, I didn't really see it that way. I just think that what like I, I don't think there's much that one of them can do that the other can't do, and just based on what we've seen from both of them, and, and you know, Fultz has injury issues or injury concerns that Smith doesn't really have. Um, Smith tore his ACL. But, I mean, it, it wasn't an issue at all in the, the pre-draft right. process. Whereas, I like, think, if like, anything, he looks better now because right. he wasn't the, that far yeah, he's a, Right, last. exactly. And, like, Fultz, like, there were, you know, whispers about his knee and stuff. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I think... Yeah, I think I would say the, the overall hype on Fultz is considerably lower now than it was two months ago. And I think, Three months ago. I mean, do you think this rookie class, so like we've had, you know, a couple rookie classes in the past two or three years where going into the draft, I think the hype was, was pretty high for them. And then, you know, a year afterwards, it was kind of like, eh, that actually wasn't that great. Do you think this is going to be one of those rookie classes, or do you think this is going to still end up being as special a rookie class as we thought it would be, kind of going into the draft? That's a good question. I don't. I don't know that it's, we're going to look back and say, "Wow, I can't believe the first eight picks all became all stars." You know, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. But I, I also think that this draft has enough characters and enough like really unique guys that when all not even in the lottery, like all over the first round, that there's. Like I don't see it being like last year's draft where we're where we're getting to May and are like, I do not want to choose a rookie of the year. Like we should just give it yeah. to no one. Like there's going to be, even if Fult struggles and let's say Fox struggles and Tilakina struggles, that I would still take my chances with one of or at least you know three or four of Isaac Jackson Smith, uh, John Collins Swanigan. Like there's so many interesting guys throughout that first round that I think it. It was not only a top-heavy draft, but it's also looking like it might be a little deeper than we thought it would be on draft night. Right. I think you know, maybe five or six of the top ten players are going to go on to have really, really nice careers, yeah. you know, like make make a couple all-star teams at least. And then I think of that 10 to 20, I think you're going to have maybe two guys really pop up and – look like absolute steals i mean right. donovan mitchell exactly. jumps out a as a guy say. but like i think you could see one of the two sacramento guys whether it be jackson or giles kuzma you know the coos obviously um a strong candidate there so do we want to talk about kuzma now is that yeah we is can that, absolutely is that, a, is that a transition it is yeah we'll start we'll stare at, we'll start with kuzma and then we'll stay in la and, and move on to Dosich, but so Kuzma has led the Lakers in scoring now in each of the first three preseason games. I, it's getting to the point we we talked a little bit before we started recording. Like, I I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm all that surprised. I mean, he's the 27th overall pick, so you got to kind of. 
I guess in some ways you just automatically temper your expectations based on draft slot. But I mean, I did not know who Kyle Kuzma was until we saw him at the combine. And we, I mean, within 10 minutes of that first scrimmage starting, it was pretty clear that he was one of the top three best players there. He ended up sitting out like most of the second half of that and then just didn't even participate in day two because he was that good. And then he was awesome in summer league. He was the MVP of the title game, probably should have been the MVP of the entire league. Uh, that ended up going to Lonzo. Like, should we really be surprised at this point? Like, my, my question is, how should we treat him going forward? Because I think as a 27th overall pick, you're just like, eh, I don't know. Is this just sort of a flash in the pan? Like, how could he not have gone higher? Or do we have to start looking at him maybe in the same way that some people look at Donovan Mitchell as like, throw out his draft slot. We need to be talking about this guy as if he was drafted in the top 10 or 15. It's, you know, I, I think that a big aspect of it is the team he's on because uh you know for for instance a guy like Patrick McCaw I was really really high on uh last year and then you know he goes to the Warriors and it's like well even if he's good it's it really doesn't matter like he's their ninth man tenth man uh but I think Kuzma I, I don't I mean he's not in the same tier as Donovan Mitchell to me uh but that's not a slight on him. I mean, was Donovan Mitchell below him? <laughs> I mean, I I think Kuzma is pretty clearly one of the. I mean, he went twenty seventh. I think he's pretty clearly one of the top, you know, fifteen to eighteen players from this class at this point. Uh, and I think he should be treated as such. Like we shouldn't be surprised if in like we can start thinking about him as part of the Lakers long term core like right. he's he's not going to be a star but he could be you know their fifth best starter or you know their sixth man seventh man on a playoff team like that's that's mm-hmm. kind of where he's at now it's it's no longer is this guy going to be is he going to be able to have an NBA career it's like yeah this is a guy that they can start right. thinking of as you know part of their wing mm-hmm rotation for years to come now like you said team team is such a big factor with kuzma like there are four or five teams in the league where even if he was doing this right now no matter what he would be beginning the year in the d league probably like you said the warriors are one of those teams like the spurs i don't think would just throw him in even a team like cleveland or boston like it's good as kuzma's been like i just don't know where he fits but the lakers you know with so many guys in his age group like being able to just toss in this guy that you just picked off a scrap heap at number 27 all of a sudden into into your core and even if he only becomes like your sixth or seventh guy that's huge like, value at that spot is has he already if you're like in the lakers front office has he already leapfrogged larry nance to you that's that's the big question it's like him nance and julius randall now are kind of all at the same point in their careers i mean kuzma obviously hasn't played an nba game but they're you know randall's played what one two full seasons you know after he lost right. basically his entire rookie year Nance was hurt a lot of last year and you know Nance was kind of a similar situation to Kuzma where you know he was slept on in the draft and then pretty clearly you know right away it was it was obvious that he was going to be an NBA guy um I mean like I if you had obviously I guess this isn't really fair because of when when they got drafted but I mean I think Kuzma is definitely on this Lakers team in two years I wouldn't be surprised if Nance and Randall were both gone like I I fully expect Randall to be gone because they kind of he has to go if they want to sign uh two max free agents next summer but uh you know Kuzma to me fits like and it helps that they were able to draft him so late because his Mm -hmm. cap hold is not gonna be uh preventative in terms of them adding 
to that core. So I think he definitely is a guy where maybe he's there. Maybe he starts for this team long term. Maybe he's yeah. just that kind of floor spacer who can switch on a lot of stuff. I mean, that's that's a valuable player to get late late first round. And I think even more than the draft slot, it's the years on the deal. You know, you're not looking like with Julius Randle. If you want to keep him around, you know, theoretically, no matter what you do in free agency you're going to have to pay him the going rate. He's not just going to be on this rookie deal forever. Like Kuzma, you got three more years to just kind of let this go. So you're kind mm-hmm. of playing with house money in some ways, and I think it makes it easier to part with a guy like Nance or Randall or whoever it might be when you take that next step and try to lure a big free agent. I mean, how many teams now, again, we've only seen Kuzma play in summer league in three preseason games, but if you're... Well, and, and combine, yeah. Yeah, in the combine, but I mean these picks were made after the combine at least if you're the you know uh the denver nuggets who took tyler Lydon at 24 you know if you're even like milwaukee at 17 dj wilson tj leaf at 18 to indiana like it it's pretty hard to make an argument i'm sure the teams would never say it but i think those teams would much rather have kyle kuzma right now yeah so let's let's, okay let's let's just go go? let's just go down so 26 swanig into the Blazers. Swanigans look good, but I, you know, I think it. You'd rather have Kuzma. All right. Uh, yeah. No. Right. I, I'm with. I'm you. looking at uh, the next name and yeah. to see if you're going to try to pronounce <laughs> let's, it. Let's just skip over that. Um, Tyler Lydon. Yeah. Take Kuzma. Uh, OG Ananobi. You know, hard to say because Ananobi because his stock hasn't changed right. at all. He hasn't been able to right. help himself at all, um, um, or but, hurt or hurt himself. But. If you were the Ra- like, put yourself in the Raptors' shoes. If you were Masai Ujiri, would you rather have knowing what we know now about everybody involved? I think I think Masai would still take OG. Okay, I just think that that's you know I, he's not a lottery ticket to the same extent that Harry Giles is, but I think that he's a kind of you know you 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 have him basically stashed mm-hmm. for a year, and then like if you end up having to kind of let some guys go. Uh, I mean, he's got, he's got, I still think he's yeah. got more upside no, than I'm, Kuzma. I'm fine with that. Um, I think the Nets would probably take Kuzma over Jared Allen. Yeah. I like uh, Jared Allen, but. Yeah. The Thunder would absolutely take Kuzma <laughs> over Terrence Ferguson. Especially knowing what we know like, now. Of all the teams we've touched on so far, like, that would have been a home run if they'd taken Dude, having, Kuzma. Right. There. Having, having Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, and of course they didn't know that at the time, but, and then. Because Kuzma is clearly ready to be in a rotation. Yeah. Terrence Ferguson's not going to play Terrence this year. Terrence Ferguson might play six NBA games yeah. this year. Um, I think the Bla- I, or I think the Kings still would take Giles over Kuzma because I think that like when you're at that point, like what do they need with yeah, Kuzma? Yeah, yeah. Like they Fine. want right. So uh, you know, I don't like Giles, but all right. <laughs> hate, Hawks hate, at nineteen with Collins. Nick hates hates Harry Giles. Um, I, hate, I hate knees. Uh, I think the Hawks take Kuzma over Collins. That's close to me, but sure, yeah. Well, I mean, it's well, I just think Collins moves up too. It's like the the Pacers would take Collins over TJ Leaf. Sure, I I just think Kuzma's game is just so much more appealing yeah. than Collins' game. But um, Leaf, like slam dunk, you take uh, you take Kuzma. I think the Wilson Kuzma one's interesting. I mean, has how bad? Like, I haven't really followed Wilson. Has he? Done, it, is mean, he kind of just stock steady since the draft? Yeah, I mean he's he's started both of their preseason games with Giannis out, and he's hasn't been great, but he hasn't been a disaster. I mean the T Wolves and Patton, Jerry's still out. Uh, For all we know, Justin Patton could be destroying preseason if he was healthy. I definitely just I don't think we can from Jack from Justin Jackson yeah. on in. I don't think you 
I don't think other any than of those Lupinard. teams. <laughs> but even that one, it's it positionally like the last thing the Pistons right. need is another. Like, I mean, three, Tobias four, Harris might be a good comp for Kuzma, honestly. Yeah, I think Kuzma's probably more advanced than Harris was as a rookie. But I mean, Harris was also like ridiculously young when he came into the league, right? Um, yeah, that's not that's not, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, very similar games actually. I mean, Kuzma's a better. I mean, I think uh, the the part where he's way more advanced is as a shooter. Yeah, I mean, he might be a better three point shooter than Tobias Harris right now. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly off like off the catch, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so that was Kyle Kuzma. Let's talk to you, Dosich. Oh, actually, wait. No, we have, we have breaking news on the podcast. Nick Batum is hurt. And now I have to try to pull the tweet up again because it's not loading. But he is going to be out for a decent period of time. Hope you all... Yeah, fill, fill the time for a second. Hope you all bang that uh, Charlotte under. Yeah, they might be the least deep con- like playoff contending team in the East. Um tore the ucl in his left elbow likely done for the entire season yikes that is really bad news <laughs> because now that means a lot of jeremy lamb I don't, who do they even have behind nick Batum? <laughs> um oh man who cares yeah lamb Basically, I mean, Malik, Lamb. Can Malik like, Monk play the three all of a sudden? I, well, I, mean, I guess Batum is going to play like two for them. They are so screwed because um, Batum is actually going to be a border. You know, he was going to be kind of a primary ball handler for them, especially mm-hmm. while Michael Carter Williams was out in the second unit there. Okay, um, so we got conflicting reports. Real GM was saying he's probably done for the year. Shams is saying eight to twelve weeks. Okay, that's a very big difference. Uh, either way, though, I mean, three months you're probably looking at as the minimum here. So maybe January. I think, I mean, I think Malik Monk gets, I think he goes from a guy that I didn't expect to play 20 minutes a game even this year to a guy who maybe now is up to like 24 minutes a game. Right. And Uh, it's not like Charlotte can go and make a move to, you know, add. I mean, what's the point? Right. (laughs) There's no, there's no reason to do anything that could, could hurt you long term. So yeah, I mean, I guess in the in the meantime, it's good for Jeremy Lamb. It's good for Malik Monk. Maybe it's good for Dwayne Bacon. Is Jeremy Lamb gonna be? He's is he gonna start. is he gonna see like thirty minutes a game now? Probably. I mean, that's playing big minutes for for a decent amount of last year. It's pretty wild. Um, Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that's not. I, cool. I like Nick Batum. Yeah, uh, this definitely hurts them, obviously. But I mean, their his his defense had actually been. He'd been sort of coasting, I think, on reputation a little bit more than substance the past year or so. Are you a Nick Batum defense truther? Kind of. I mean, he's he's always sort of had that just three and D. Like this guy's this guy's so great at like three and D. (laughs) Once you pick up that that reputation, it's very hard to shake. Right. Like I, I think you know that's and and it's honestly when you've gotten paid like and everyone just is like, oh man, he's so good at D, so good at like. I mean, I, I don't know. I could see yeah. where you would maybe take your foot off the gas a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's you have to try so hard to be that good at defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's only kind of natural. Uh, no, that is true, though. I mean, you, it is rare. There's only a handful of guys that are year in and year out one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. And like, then it becomes and, their identity. And a lot of yeah, the ones where it is year in, year out, 
that's like all they bring to the yeah, table. Exactly. Basically, it's it's extremely rare to get a two way guy like that. Uh, all right, Tia Dosich. We'll keep this quick. He has been awesome so far as a passer through the Clippers' first two games. Other than that, it's been about what we expected. I don't I don't think he had a field goal in their first game. I think he had maybe had a couple in their second, but. There are, I guess, some questions as to whether his style, his conditioning, you know, he's 30 years old already, had never played in the NBA. How would this all translate? And he's pretty much just up to his old tricks. I mean, I think he had nine assists the other night, three or four of them included no looks, fakes, lobs. You know, he's he's kind of he's kind of doing the Lonzo Ball type of stuff, but with a little more flair. What do you see his... Uh like season line looking like i have no idea i just i don't think he's going to play that many minutes because i think he's going to be that bad on d and i think when you have someone who's so good on d and like patrick beverly who's also a pretty good shooter like he just gets the advantage is he just gonna be just your standard backup point guard who just is way better at passing than your standard backup point guard like is that is that what he's gonna see in terms of minutes yeah uh you know obviously like i i don't think i think it's in play that he averages more assists per game than points per game yeah you asked me that yesterday and i I think i would take the points just because it's easier to you know kind of fall backwards and do four or five points a game when you're only playing maybe 20 minutes but yeah i mean it's he could average like four and a half points five and a half assists a couple rebounds maybe shoots 40 percent like i never when i'm watching him play I don't believe he's actually going to shoot it until he actually shoots it. Right. Like no matter how close he gets to the rim, no matter like how open it looks like he is, I'm always waiting for him to just find some guy cutting or or yeah. whatever. Uh, and I think that's what he wants to do. Like when you're that good at passing, it's just fun to pass. Right. Like it's way more fun to pass than to shoot when you're not that good of a shooter. I think some people were worried about DeAndre Jordan, how he would fare without Chris Paul. I'm not willing to say, you know, throw that out the window Teodosic is the future by any means but I think he's going to be okay I mean if you watched any any of the highlights from those first couple of games DeAndre Jordan was getting his usual lobs Mm -hmm. and they were right where Chris Paul normally puts them so I mean there's a difference between Chris Paul playing 32 minutes a night and Teodosic maybe playing 19 or 20 but I wouldn't worry too much about DeAndre Jordan you know falling off now that Chris Paul's gone I know it's it's is it is it too premature for me to ask you who the top who the five best passers in the league are going to be this year and whether he's one of them. No, I think he's, I think he's in there. I think people, I mean, what's that list list like people who watch international basketball probably would have said, if you name the top five passers in the world last season, he would have been in there. What's that good. What's that list look like? What, who are the top five passers? Are we talking just pure passers? Pure passers. Pure passers. Forget about it. Okay. In no order to dosage, LeBron Rubio. Mm. Yeah, I, I I've always felt that Rubio's passing's been a little overrated, to be honest. But I mean, he's still a great, great passer. I think people just talk about it like he's this transcendent guy. Yeah, he's probably up there. I mean, Chris Paul's probably still up there. Harden? I still think I think Curry's a really underrated passer. Oh, for sure, extremely underrated. I think his assist numbers aren't all that good because there's so many other good passers on that team. Harden's a really good passer. Yeah, Harden too. I mean, Harden. You hear people talk about like mastering that drive left you know you're at the left elbow and just flip it kind of over your head with your offhand to the corner like he's after after lebron he might be the second best in the league at the cross court in the half court like Mm -hmm. whipping it to find that open guy across the court in the corner um i mean Nikola Jokic, yeah 
Jokic is insane. Like I watched yeah. that game the other night. I mean, they played the Lakers two games in a row. I don't. I honestly don't even remember which one it was. I think Monday or Sunday. And like you know, it's coming. Like, they get it to him, kind of a, right above the free throw line. He pivots and just. You know, people are circling around him. Everything's moving, and you're just like, the Lakers know he's going to try to thread it, and like every time he finds a spot. Like that's what separates like the all-time great passers, and that's what like Teodosic obviously has. This is when they can make those passes in the half court where they're you know 20 feet away from a guy who's cutting, and there's just barely any daylight yep. daylight at all, and it's right on target. There's like multiple players that were feet like less than a foot away from being able to get a hand on it and it's just like nope that's that's on target yeah exactly i think wall is close he's such a good he's he might be the best passer in the full court in terms of running like you get you get a rebound and you got guys running behind you guys got you know flanking you on the side like if i need one guy to go at full speed and kick it to the corner for a perfect pass for an open three he's that guy I don't know if he's quite on the same level as these other players in the half court, though. I mean, he's close. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the elite, elite, elite yeah. guys. Um, like Kyle the, Kuzma's a pass, <laughs> right? Like I, like the guys where they make passes that just nobody else can make. Like, right. like I mean, that's why I wouldn't really put Chris Paul there. I wouldn't really put John Wall there, uh, just because like those guys are great point guards, but they're not. Like I rarely see. Chris Paul make a pass and where I'm just like whoa like holy crap like that was a crazy good pass like it's just like he's really good at making the right play yes, exactly. and finding the open guy like it, whereas mm-hmm. these guys are making plays that you don't even see as being the right play because it doesn't look like exactly. the guy's open at all okay so we only have time for a couple more of these I'll, I'll let you pick do you want to talk about the Kings do you want to talk about the Nuggets point guards do you want to talk about the Phoenix Suns Let's, wings or do you want to talk about Norman Powell Let's do Kings really quick because that was on my mind. Okay. Um, I'll let you go into your monologue. Okay, so i i like uh, I like the George Hill signing, or I, I don't know. I I could take it or leave it, but I I wouldn't. I would never bash it. Uh, the Vince Carter one, I'm same boat. Like I, it's fine. Like it's not gonna hurt them. I think it could help them. I mean, he's. He's one of those veterans who isn't going to be super pissed if he's only playing like 16 minutes a game because he's sort of been in that role for the past few seasons anyways. Uh, Where I think they really screwed up, and I'm just so confused as to why they did it, is the Zach Randolph signing because, you know, in the end, you want to develop your young players – and I'm just struggling without, like, say nobody gets hurt. I just don't know if there's going to be enough minutes to go around for Cauley Stein and Scalabissier. Like, those are the guys that you need to be getting. Like, they should both be playing 30 minutes a game this year. Like, I mean, do we think that the Kings believe they're going to try to compete for a playoff spot? Because that's kind of what those signings, and especially the George Hill signings, say to me. See, I don't think so because, I, I mean, uh, I remember – at the lottery or no at the combine last year um we overheard someone who works for the kings saying that they were going to be picking first in the draft this upcoming year like so unless there's just a very split internal opinion of what they should be trying to do this year i think that's totally on the table right (laughs) no no, never not in sacramento um (laughs) (laughs) but 
I I mean, I definitely think there are people there that would like to be picking as high in the draft next year as possible. I'm not sure if that's everybody, but um, I I so my read on it was that they brought all of these guys in as just kind of like, well, we can't just only have young guys on the team. We need to have some veterans. Like, I mean, it's there is value in that. I definitely think there's value in that. I just don't think Zach Randolph is the right guy because he's a guy that I th- I think still wants 20 plus minutes a game. Like I don't think Zach Randolph's going there to just be the veteran presence guy who plays a little well, bit, but plug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Underserved uh, section of the country. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just, it's, if I was the coach of this team, I would be, I just, I have no idea how I would handle that power forward and center minutes r- rotation. I mean, for what it's worth, they started Kufus, Randolph, Carter, Temple, and Hill in their first preseason game. So the two guys in the front court that you need to get minutes the most did not start. No. And I don't know. I mean, who knows? It was one preseason game. They don't play again until tomorrow, so we'll see. I mean, you have, you have 96 minutes to give to. Randolph, Kali Stein, Scal, Kufus, and Papianis technically. Is, is Harry Giles a D-leaguer this year? Yeah, I, I don't think he plays okay. in an NBA game this year. Um, but, you know, the way that I would dole out those minutes is, hey, here's 32 for Kali Stein, here's 32 for Scalabissier, and then we have 20, 32 left over. Um, Zach Randolph, here's... 18, Costa Kufos, here's uh, 16, Papianis, here's the D-League. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's such an odd roster. I don't know what they really have going on. De'Aaron Fox looked good, though, we should mention. He came off the bench, had like 17 points oh, yeah. on like 8 of 10 shooting. I mean, how long is it going to take him to be playing 30-plus minutes a game for this team? Hopefully not long. I mean, if, if you're going to take their last preseason game for, for anything, it's I guess that maybe they might actually bring Fox off the bench to start. But, I mean, at some point he's going to be in the starting lineup, right? Like, I think the assumption was just like, okay, well, George Hill just move off ball because Fox isn't playing off ball. Right. I mean, but are they going to start Buddy Heald at the three? I don't know. That See, that's what makes me think. Like, the fact that Buddy Heald didn't start that first game, you know, that I I don't know if they were just trying to go with a vet heavy lineup. He's got to be – if you're picking, if you're handicapping the Kings, who's going to lead them in minutes this year? It's got to be Buddy Heald, right? Yeah, unless Vivek sells the team or <laughs> is no longer in charge. I mean, he's just he's Buddy Heald's at a place in his development where there's just it's just give him reps. Like he there's like forty eight minutes. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's no there's nothing really to be gained by you know pumping yeah. the brakes on on his playing time. No, no, no. Okay, uh, we'll get to the other stuff next week. I do want to talk Moutier versus Murray, but we've I think we've got two Denver preseason games under our belt so far, two in which they've both played at least, and Moutier's looked a little bit better than Murray, but um, from, from what I read last night, Murray apparently did some things that didn't show up in the box score. I don't know. You hear a lot of that stuff in the preseason, but we'll let that play out a little bit before we dig into it. Same with the TJ Warren versus Josh Jackson battle for small forward supremacy in phoenix uh and then we should mention norman powell four-year 42 million dollar extension today i mean this is one of those i wouldn't say rare deals but it's not all that common that it was as soon as it was announced it was basically universally praised 
by everyone. You know, the Raptors get Powell at a pretty reasonable rate. Powell, a second-round pick who, by NBA standards, really wasn't making any money these last couple years, gets his payday. Some people would say maybe it's better for him to gamble on himself and get to restricted free agency, try to get that Alan Crabb offer sheet. But I think putting putting myself as a journalist who you know doesn't quite make NBA money, I think having that security. Wait, you don't? I don't. I don't. I, okay. I. I. You know, we don't disclose our salaries publicly, but you know, I'm just. I'm ready to say yeah. I'm not making forty-two. You need, you need better representation. Right. I'm not making over ten million dollars this year. Um, it's close, but not quite. I think you just want that security. And I. I this is a great point uh, that I think. I think it was Nate Duncan brought it up on a on a recent podcast, but like Norman Powell's shot a good percentage from three in his career. But it's such a small sample size that it it wouldn't be that crazy if he went out this year and shot like thirty percent from three, and then all of a sudden people are looking at you and it's like, well, you're not really a two, you're not really a three. Can you even shoot? Like then all of a sudden you're you might not get this deal. I love the idea of just locking it in if I'm the player. No, for sure. I think, like I said, especially when you're a second round pick, and like this is a big, big jump. This is yeah, that. it's life changing money. Um, you never have to get another contract. You're you're totally set. Yes. And especially on this team where, like, people have been saying he should be get getting like starters minutes for a couple of years now, and it's not even a lock that it's going to happen this year. So, are you going to really leave your future in the hands of the Raptors doling out enough minutes for you to showcase yourself? Exactly. And he's 24. So even if you don't need that other contract, I don't think if you're Norman Powell, you can say, all right, I'm going to, you know, gamble on myself for the next five years here. And then when I'm 28, hopefully I will have played well and I'll get get the big, big deal. He could go down the exact same career path as Wes Matthews, where he takes that first initial like $40 million deal deal like Mm -hmm. Matthews took with the Jazz. And then you still get that max deal at the end that he got with the Blazers. Yeah. Yeah, good deal for both sides. I think especially a good deal for Norman Powell. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Again, we are sponsored by FanDuel, and FanDuel reminds you that basketball is back, which means that FanDuel is back. It's fantasy basketball for everyday fans, new contests starting every day, no busted seasons. There's something for everyone on FanDuel, tons of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel, myself and James Anderson included. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com RW. Void where prohibited. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.